Welcome to Soul Sisters on the Run podcast. I'm Keisha and Sabrina. And today we have another exciting conversation to share with you all. During our runs, we talk about a variety of topics. Today, we would like to share our thoughts and opinions from our latest run. Take a listen, enjoy, and let us know what you think. Please feel free to provide feedback on our Facebook page. Also during our runs, we always reflect and express moments of gratitude. We ask that you start your day by doing the same. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Soul Sisters on the Run podcast with uh, myself, Keisha, and Brina. And this is a special one for Father's Day. Uh, we have one of our very own uh, runners with us, Alex Torres, a native of Gary, Indiana, and a graduate of Indiana University, a former behavior behavioral counselor, teacher, and member of the United States Army in, in the military intelligence field. Currently, he's in a 20-year career in the pharmaceutical in industry. Um, I'll let him further discuss his run journey um, with us, but we're so pleased to have him here today to just discuss from a male perspective work-life balance, fitness, and how he's just the Superman. <laughs> we're, we're celebrating our mission, right? That's a great um, because I feel like sometimes Father's Day is um, undervalued, is not as hyped up as Mother's Day. So we wanted to give the flowers to our, to the fathers because they are our unsung heroes that we don't celebrate as much as we should. Exactly. So I'll, I'll give it to you to just give us a little insight of your your run journey. But you also do try out. You do it all. So just the right. <laughs> rundown of who you are. Well, you know, well, first of all, thank you for having me, ladies. And uh, at any time, feel free to, to to ask me to pause and ask for clarification on anything that I may be glossing over or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, wow. So where do I begin? You know, the, the reality is, so Keisha and I were talking before we started, which is I've always put a goal in front of myself. Mm -hmm. And that goal initially, the journey began back in ninth grade when I started in high school track, mm -hmm. right? Coming from Gary, Indiana, it was something that I saw early on would be beneficial for me to be involved in an extracurricular activity outside of my academics. So it was a great venue to do that. And of course, when you're part of a team sport, then you're vested in the overall success of everybody, right? Right. And that helped carry me through my four years in high school. So track and then cross country. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I was always a fan of long distance running because <laughs> that hasn't always been the case. When I graduated from high school, surprisingly, I actually received a... Um, scholarship to run track for uh, Indiana University but I I declined that and I was and at that time I was pretty burnt out mm. I did not I, I I didn't want to run anymore oh. after four years of high school mm -hmm. and I didn't so after graduating from Indiana University um and moving into my career 
it wasn't until I joined the military a, a few years after graduating from IU that I picked back up my fitness. And there was just this, this, this pull to always be competitive. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, I was identified and I was running on what they call the commander's cup for the, in the army. And when I, when I left the military to join Merck and start that career, probably about three years afterwards, I'll never forget this. I was in the mall and I was walking and I felt something jiggle. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it was above my waist. <laughs> Sorry, that doesn't sound, but th the reality was it was my stomach, right? And I realized that I had gained some significant weight. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I needed to do something about that. Now, let me pause. First of all, being a um, second generation Mexican-American, you know, I still am, I was still partaking in all of the, the diet and everything that comes with traditional Mexican foods and, and what have you, lifestyle. So diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, all of those things were prevalent in my family as well as just as a result of our maybe cultural uh, foods. Mm -hmm. And so all of those things started to hit me at once. So I, I, I instantly got active with, um, trying to lose weight and I got into martial arts. Hmm. I did that for several years and then I started doing mixed martial arts. And then one of our running buddies, Rudy Christian, mm -hmm. um, we got connected and encouraged me to do my first marathon in 2004, okay. the Chicago marathon. Mm -hmm. Now I'm, and, and Keisha, you're, you're a veteran, right? No. Oh, okay. I, I don't <laughs> Not know why I thought that you were credit. <laughs> no don't give me that credit no 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 Sasha no, is, no Sasha is Sasha is the veteran mm -hmm. yeah. so what I thought about when I was very regimented and I followed my training plan that we had for at the time it was max fitness through Rudy Christian and I followed the training plan um diligently didn't miss any of my runs mm -hmm. and then I had my first marathon and I completed that first Chicago marathon in 2004. And I'll tell you what, I finished it. And I think it was like four hours and 29 minutes. And I was angry. <laughs> I was, I was not happy with oh, those wow. results. It's the truth. Like I was, I, I felt like I had a horrible day. I, I, I bonked and I wanted to walk in a large portion of the uh, latter part of the, the race from, I think maybe mile 18, I was mm -hmm. walking, running. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't happy about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of these people that I want to have an experience, but I also want to have a memory that's a positive one. So I think it was the next week or the following or two weeks after that, I, I ran the Detroit Free Press Marathon mm -hmm. right after that. And that was just not for time, because to be honest with you, I was five minutes even slower than Chicago but it was for the experience of ending on a positive note. Okay. And so that's what I did. And when I did an assessment of my marathon journey, to be honest with you, ladies, 
I wasn't overly enthused about running another marathon, okay? <laughs> well, yeah, you just ran two almost back-to-back -back marathons right. for the first time. <laughs> right, right. That was my first race. Yeah, period. Like, yeah, outside of military and high school, that was my first structured official race marathon distance. Mm. Um, so when I thought about it, I thought about why wouldn't I run? And I, I, I weighed the pros and cons. And the, the, the cons were because training, to be honest with you, can not be fun. It kind of sucks sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. it, it certainly is a commitment and you have to prioritize. Right. And then you have to get the, the advocacy of your loved ones. Mm -hmm. So, and you're balancing that with being a father being a husband, mm -hmm. being a, a, a full-time employee and whatever other hats that you wear. So the biggest reason though, to be honest with you, was the fact that I wasn't particularly excited about training. But I also knew that that was not a good enough reason for me to not continue to mm -hmm. ride. Right. And so every single year since, I've just continued to run. Now, in about, I would say somewhere around 2005, Rudy, who was, I believe, already an Ironman at that time, mm -hmm. would pass us by on a bike because he was coaching and he would ride his bike sometimes. And he would always say, Torres, you ought to consider doing an Ironman. And I would, this is while I was running, I would look back at him and say, dude, are you crazy? Like, I don't even want to run the distance I'm running now. <laughs> <laughs> yet you want me to do an Ironman. Mm -hmm. So uh, to be honest with you, I, I rebuffed his, his, his appeals for so many years. And it wasn't until 2010 that I was watching a TV show, The Biggest Loser. Mm -hmm. And there was this 400 pound guy who decided that he was going to lose weight. And then at the end, he wanted to do an Ironman. Hmm. And I sat back and I thought about that how is this 400 pound guy getting ready to do an Ironman? And I was getting ready to turn 40 in, in, in 2010. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, what can I do to elevate my game? And so without having owned a bike or knowing how to formally swim, I threw my hat in the ring. I declared that I was going to be, I was going to do my first Ironman, which was in Louisville, Kentucky. August 28th, 2010. Okay, wait, wait. before you go any further, what is an Ironman for our listeners right. that don't know what an Ironman is exactly? Yeah, well, it's definitely not one of the superheroes, okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have had that people ask me that. <laughs> but no, in reality, what it is, is that it's a, it's a continuous race that you get 17 hours to complete the following events in the following order. You do a 2.4 mile swim race, immediately transition to a 112 mile bike ride or race, and then immediately transition into a 26.2 mile run. So a full marathon. And you have 17 hours to complete this task. But of course, within each segment of the race, there are cutoff times that you have to, that you have to meet in order to continue on through the through the journey. Okay, so that's I'm gonna stop you real quick. So you decided to go 
right into a full Ironman. You didn't do a a super, a sprint, Olympic. You just went for the gusto. We're right to the full. Wow. Yeah. Sabrina, I'll tell you why. It's a personality defect. Meaning that I always feel like, why, why ever do anything halfway? Okay. Now, I want to say something to your listeners. Mm-hmm. For those who know me will, will know that I stand by this word. I in no way am any less proud of anybody who gets up and runs their first half mile mm-hmm. or runs a mile or 5K or whatever distance it is that you mm-hmm. seek out to achieve. For me, it has always been, I already knew that if I did a half marathon or a half Ironman, that I always would be, but what if? What if I could do the rest? And so it's because of that, that instead of even dealing with that, as, as, as I already know that's where my mind's going to go, why not go for the gusto? Okay. Why not go for the, for, the, for the top? You know, it's always shoot for the highest, highest goal. Okay. It sounds like you're in competition with yourself, right? Which exactly. could always be challenging yourself versus looking at what others do. Well, you know, Keisha, that's very important because there is something called a growth mindset, right? Um, and 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 I, what I try to do when I'm thinking about competition, yeah, I'll, I'll look at people's paces, but not really for comparison. So I don't want to, I want to have a growth mindset of saying, I compare myself against my last data point mm-hmm. so that, versus a fixed mindset. Because to compare myself against somebody else really doesn't do it justice. I don't know that a person may have a different background. Certainly people have different skill sets. And so as people are choosing their journey, it's going to be critically important that you just focus on yourself and really mm-hmm. If you want to grow, the growth mindset will help you progress because if you compare yourself against your last data point, then that allows you to assess your own growth. Mm-hmm. And that becomes critically important. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you talked about how do I balance all of this? Mm-hmm. Well, this is appropriate for Father's Day, right? Because I have a wife, I have kids. And when you think about the scope of whether you're training for a marathon or an Ironman, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that we have the support of our loved ones. And what I've always sought out to do, I can't tell you that I've been great at it, Mm -hmm. but what I sought to do is minimize the impact of training on my family time or the time I commit to my wife. Okay. So that's what I do. So whether, and, and, and how, so what does that practically look like? In other words, I'll get up in the morning when everybody else is sleeping and I'll start knocking out my, my training programs. Or sometimes my work schedule is flexible enough that I can end my work early or start my work a little bit later and um, get some of that training done while everybody else is uh, at school or doing, you know, at work. Now, do you think maybe your military background and discipline being in the military, do you think that has helped you with your training routine and your regimen and discipline? Well, certainly I I would imagine it has had some influence. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the biggest thing though, that to be honest with you, cause I don't, I don't want people who don't have that background to, to have a way out. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I want people to understand this. If you're going to shoot for something, you really have to have an internal reason why, okay. and that's going to be more durable than anything else. So you can see something about, Oh, wow. And you can feel, and you can feel motivated because maybe somebody motivates you, mm-hmm. but really it's the why. And so for me, I always find a reason within myself as that source of inspiration to mm-hmm. do it. Because I have, when I, when I think about the Ironman distance or marathon distance, and I've had people talk about they want to do it. A lot of times, if they're doing it merely because they see other people doing it, but there really isn't that good internal connection, then most times they're not as successful in being diligent or regimenting and sticking to the schedule. So it becomes important for you to find, to, to identify your why mm-hmm. and to uh, not forget it. Okay. Because that's the goal of mine um, is a full Ironman, but I always tell myself, I have to get my mind right first. So I need like a year to get my mind right before I even start training. Cause like you said, training, that's the hard part. That's like the hardest thing. So I'm like, okay, I gotta get my mentality and just figure out the planning and start, you know, thinking about how I'm going to go about doing it. Training. I already know that, you know, it's not going to be a year of races because I'll be mostly training and then I have to incorporate races into my training. So that is, it's still a goal. It was supposed to have been, um, last year was supposed to have been that goal, but you know, we saw what happened last year was, was a wrap. So, um, but yeah, that's a goal of mine. So how do you go about, well, you kind of mentioned it, you get it done in the morning. So how does your, your wife and your kids feel about the time? Cause it takes a lot of time to train for an Ironman. How does your family feel about, and how do they support you, um, in achieving your goals? Well, so thank you for the question. And, and, and here's the idea. So when, De- so Denise initially, when she would see me run, she, she, she really was one of those people that says, Hey, I am going to be a great cheerleader. <laughs> I'm going to really support you at your marathons. And I would often say to her, babe, you're going to, one day you'll join me. And I'm telling you, she would, she, I would swear that one day she was a punch me in the back of my neck. I'd walk in the house for, for, for saying that. But because the, the reality is, I mean, she would almost really get livid with me because I would push that notion toward her. Mm-hmm. And she was at church one day and they were talking about uh, a program to, to, to raise money for um, um, kids who needed access to fresh water, right? Mm-hmm. Team World Vision. Okay. And she was motivated to, to join that. Well, the unfortunate part for her is that she initially signed up for the full marathon portion, but in her head, she says, I'm just going to do the half. Mm-hmm. But being married to me, she already knows that I'm not going to allow, like, <laughs> no, we're not going for halves. Right. So, so instantly I was like, no, you're going to train for the full. Mm-hmm. And then if you choose at the end of your training to go for a half, that's a choice for you to make, but, but at least train for the full. Right. And so the reason I mentioned that is once she started training, it gave her a different perspective, a different appreciation for the commitment and the accomplishment 
Mm-hmm. And so she was better able to support me. Matter of fact, she she just went all out. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, which Ironman are you going to do next? And <laughs> which marathon are we going to do? So she really got full board. Uh, she got on full board with it. Okay. But I, it really takes the support and understanding of, uh, of loved ones. And you know what? The, the, the good thing is as a salesperson, mm-hmm. I would sell her on the concept that, look, I said, well, first of all, the health benefits are undeniable, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I told her, I don't have very many other vices. Like I don't drink alcohol. I'm not hanging out with the guys. I don't do any of those type of things that, that distract me or pull on my time outside of the house. Mm-hmm. And really, this is the only vice that I have. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it was reasonable. Now, what she initially did, she says, you can do Ironman on every even year until you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was actually pretty reasonable because Ironman mm-hmm. is minimum a six-month commitment of training six days a week, many hours a day. Right. And then few years back she ran out of Christmas ideas okay. <laughs> she said she says I tell you what because Iron Man also isn't cheap right, right. Mm-hmm. even marathon registrations aren't cheap right yeah. I mean they could be over 100 now they're like 150 okay oh, they're over two yeah, yeah. I paid 300 for New York yeah yeah, yeah. Chicago yeah. I think it's like 275 285 or something like that now See, so these these races aren't inexpensive, right? So when Denise could not think of a, a of a Christmas gift to get me, she says, "You can do another Ironman next year as your gift." That's so she budgeted that for that. Mm-hmm. And then I said, "Well, if I'm going to be in shape, then if I finance, if I find a creative way to finance a second one, like what I call my blow off Ironman, right? Then can I do that? Now, what I mean by blow off, that means I'll train for the first one, like I want performance. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after, I usually do one maybe like two or three weeks later. Mm-hmm. And then I don't care about what my time looks like. I just want to get through it comfortably mm-hmm. and, and, and enjoy it. So that's what I call my quote unquote blow off okay. Iron Man. Okay. Yeah. Did I answer the question? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember, because she did, um, your wife did, was it her first? Because I remember you posted it and you were like cheerleader number one. I was like, oh man, that's so cool. She finally doing her own marathon. So now you were in the cheerleading seat. She did. She did the Grand Rapids marathon at first and then she did Chicago. And I'll tell you what, I I have a different level of appreciation mm-hmm. for people who are cheerleaders. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. a, that that's a big job. It's a job. It is. <laughs> I know when I did my uh, Chicago marathon and my family, uh, you know, they how they travel throughout the city just to meet you at the mm-hmm. different markers. They tracked their miles and they went like six miles walking just oh, around wow. the city. Try- yeah, my mom took the snacks for me. <laughs> she, was like, she was like you got me out here and i'm hungry and i'm like wait a minute i can barely walk it was my first marathon <laughs> i'm like i wanted those that, yeah she's like i'm tired i said well yes. i ran 26 miles you only six and you were walking <laughs> <laughs> but it is a com- it's a commitment okay it is. it's a commitment so i have an i i certainly have an appreciation for the people who support us 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and then I, I, I can't even fathom how she supports me through Ironman because then of course you do a marathon. Mm-hmm. Now you start off on Ironman day, she's up with me and we're out of the, we're out in the morning by no, lo, no later than five o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we're out till almost midnight, right? Of a full day of race and, and, and running. So I really, really, really appreciate that. But um, one of the things I wanted to add was, you know, the, the, the commitment to running there, are, I mean, obviously there are health benefits, but there's mm-hmm. also, I mean, there's there, not only just physical, but there's the mental health benefits. Mm-hmm. And the other, now here's something that cannot be overstated. Mm-hmm. I tell my friends and family members or people that are interested in getting into running to find a running group or a running community because I fundamentally believe that it changes your life mm-hmm. because have if if I would not have had access to running if I wouldn't have joined um max fitness and eventually mrds or become part of the chicago running community sabrina i would never have known you probably right you know i mean uh keish probably i would have because just because sasha being an alpha but the but the, but the fact is is that there are many connections that we make mm-hmm. in these different communities that you are exposed to just that's a benefit you're exposed to a mm-hmm. wide variety of people and connections and support and so running it running is just so it's just such a powerful journey Mm -hmm. because of the people and connections that you that people you meet the connections that you develop and solidify and bonds that you have over over the years um and then of course running or or doing these things there are many analogies Mm -hmm. to life right that was my next question okay keep going keep going (laughs) So, yeah, my best friend and I, we talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. that when you're training for a, a race, whether it's a marathon or an Ironman, I mean, it requires commitment, mm-hmm. dedication. It requires introspection. It, requ- it requires that you assess your nutrition, that, that, that you have a plan, mm-hmm. that it's executed. And truly what you give to your training usually is what you'll get out of your race results. Right. But isn't that the same in life? Mm-hmm. Where, Very much so. <laughs> where, you, where, where you have to be committed to whatever it is, your discipline or your hobby or whatever it is that, you're, that, you're, that you seek to have excellence in. So it requires your commitment. It requires you to show up even the days when you don't want to show up. Exactly. It, so it, it's, it's, it's all of those, mm-hmm. all of those things that we talked about that, that really is a good analogy. And when you accomplished a race and you look back at the journey, and I've always said this, I even said this in my own um, videos, mm-hmm. really a marathoner, a 5 er all of these, whatever your goal is, it, it really the, the, the race day is the culmination of that, but the true making of that goal is every day you show up to your practice, to your training and that commitment. 
it's today. So, so for instance, today when I got up this morning, I had a, a 3,400 yard swim and then I had a 45 minute run and we had 22 mile per hour winds out here and it was cold. And when I finished my swim and, it, and I had to do my swim with some fast intervals. And when I got home, the last thing I wanted to do today was to run because I just ran last night for an hour and 12 minutes and I ran eight miles and I was thinking to myself, my, my legs are tired. It's cold and windy. I don't want to run. And I tell people it's those minutes, it's those moments when you, that you find yourself in, that's when you need to show up. Mm-hmm. That's when you really need to show up mm-hmm. because I believe that you should build a treasure trove of success and memories. So you mm-hmm. say to yourself, when I show up on race day and if it's windy, I can say, oh, Alex, you've done this before. Mm-hmm. You've overcome this before. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I can pull on those memories to get me through when, you know, and, and this is true about racing, no matter what distance you're going. A lot of this stuff is mental ladies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Have, have you all ever trained or been running for a run? Let's say for instance, maybe you had to run six miles and uh, maybe by mile five, whatever for whatever reason you were tired and you were thinking man i got one more mile to go but you push through and you get to mile six mm-hmm. and then if you've ever trained and you only had to run three miles you get to mile two you're like oh i still got one mile to go but you see when you ran the <laughs> six miles that three miles wasn't even anything that was not on your radar right <laughs> so that's the same concept what it is is that it's your it, it's your mindset mm-hmm. and so when i'm out there running I literally speak to myself okay. and, 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 and I tell myself a couple of things. I'll ask myself, what if, mm-hmm. what if you allowed yourself to push through your fatigue? What would that look like? What if you gave yourself permission to be greater than what your body is telling you that it could be? Mm-hmm. What if? And so I give myself these pep talks and then I tell myself, I didn't come this far to quit. I didn't come this far to quit. And then there are people that I, that I listen to that I also kind of think back to some motivational speakers, David Goggins. Mm-hmm. He always says that you've, when you, when you're tired, you've probably only given 40% and your body has 60% more to give. Right. So I dig deep. Mm-hmm. I remember that every single time I'm like, all right, what would David Goggins say? And I dig deep. Mm-hmm. And then there's another uh, guy named Alex um, Benayan, I believe the last name is. And um, this is something that I just recently encountered. When we are setting forward on our pathway, this journey to running mm-hmm. or to our, our goals, do you know, I mean, think about this, Sabrina Keisha, think about this. Most times people reach for those branches that they've seen other people in their immediate surrounding illuminate. In other words, if they saw a mom, dad, sister, brother, friend, 
achieve a certain goal that's real that someone really close to them it's because that branch was illuminated through their success right so i think it's incredibly important for me to illuminate branches that are even higher mm-hmm. and if i do that then just perhaps my kids and my wife see greater possibilities mm-hmm. than what they may have seen had i not eliminated those higher branches so to speak right. So you were asking me about like, what do my kids think? It's really interesting because all they know is this dad who is out there working out, riding a bike, swimming and running. That's, I've been doing this since 2010, but I've been running since 2004. That's before all of them were alive, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So all they know is this dad who is out there always exercising mm-hmm. and always trying to shoot for a higher goal. And that actually brings me a source of pride right. because that is their normal. Mm-hmm. They, they probably think other dads are probably do what your dad doesn't do that. <laughs> you know? Right. So and that's, that's, well, I was going to say that's the lesson in itself. As, as a parent, you want to instill in your children to reach higher and then go beyond, reach as high as they can go and go beyond, you know, what they know. And so, um, man, that's just, that's, that's, that's it. I think that's the key. And then you've, they see in you the discipline, the routine. Um, what you have to do, your you your journey in reaching your goal. Um, I think that's greater than any, just as just as great as any lesson you can learn in school because that carries you in life. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we just want to thank you, Alex, for sharing your story. Man, that was inspirational. And then um, we just hope other men will listen and you know and. I mean, you always put these videos out on Facebook. So, you know, I'm always watching your inspirational videos and everything from the Markathon videos when we did that, that challenge in December, yes. your regular videos within the running groups and on, on your page. Um, you're just an awesome guy. And thank you. I appreciate it. And I, when I'm ready to like really commit, I, already, I had already made up in my mind that I was going to reach out to you for some training and just some advice and setting up a routine because I know I'm going to be doing this on my own. So you'll be hearing from me. <laughs> well, I invite that. You know, the, the, the thing is this, I'm a, um, you know, people accumulate intellectual wealth and they use that as a source of revenue or they use that as their stick. I mean, that's the thing that, that maybe people hire them for. But I've made a commitment early on coming from a very poor background that I am not going to be a hoarder of knowledge, mm. nor am I going to charge people for, for my knowledge. So I am an, I really am uh, the person that is open to anybody. They can call me anytime as often as they need for whatever advice that I can share with them. I'm not a coach. Mm-hmm. I have experience. Right. And um, um, what I'll do is, you know, I'll direct them in the right uh, path. And if I don't have the answers, we'll research together. But the fact is, is I want to see everybody succeed. Mm-hmm. I do. So for those of your listeners, 
identify your goal mm-hmm. and go after it vigorously. Because if anything that this pandemic has taught us, absolutely nothing in this world is guaranteed. Yeah. There's no such thing as, a, as always going to be this kind of normal or what we, what we can predict. So we should give ourselves the freedom and the liberty to vigorously pursue every single one of our passions without hesitance. Mm. Okay. Man, that was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you.